Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, October the 19th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, proper week 24, which is the 21st Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary and this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves in a new spot today, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1-10. through 10. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection. And then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us party in morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1-10 through 10. Paul, Silas, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians and God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. You know how we loved among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. This is the word of God for us. So we suppose that 1 Thessalonians may have been one of the two earliest of the New Testament letters from Paul, and maybe even the whole New Testament. We think that it existed early in Paul's ministry. We trace uh, missionary journeys. Um, We check in maybe what's in and around the periphery of the letter. We see that there's not like a real big leadership structure that seems to take more shape towards the end of the first century era of the church. Uh, So this is Paul relationally working with the church that he knows um, very uniquely and he holds dear to his heart. Um, There's so many wonderful things about chapter one. I think it's got good theology. Um, I think it's got a good church practice, but also we see like this great love that a pastor has for a church that he cares for. And so I think I'll start with the theology first. Um, It talks about this verse 10, this great uh, confessional line, to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. And so from the very beginning, the very heartbeat of Paul's theology was resurrection. We've mentioned it before here when I rise. Resurrection is not just some neat miracle that God pulled off, but it is the signpost that the new world is dawned. Uh, the Jews believed that uh, God would raise the faithful from the dead, and it would be the sign of the new age. And so when God raised Jesus alone, it served as for two purposes. It was the signpost, but also a renegotiation of their timeline. Jesus is the only faithful, and so instead of all the faithful coming at once, now those who are alive and who hear the preaching um, of the name of Jesus, they get to um, place themselves 
both in his death and his resurrection, and we begin to experience resurrection life ahead of time. So this is a great theological statement that we find early in the New Testament story. Um, It's got uh, a good uh, church work, or it's got a good Christian perspective. Uh, Paul talks about imitating uh, the way of life. We talked about before how the major way, the main way, that uh, Christians were grown in this first century was through mimicking. It wasn't just lecturing at them, but it was like, no, let's do life together and do the things I do. Put these new things into practice, throw off your old practices and habits and put on these new practices and become more like Jesus. And then at the heartbeat of their conversion, it says that they turned, this is verse nine, how they turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. For a first century sectarian Jew like Paul, he says the gravest issue in the world was idolatry, uh, trading the worship of the one true God and downgrading to worshiping these lesser gods that make us blind and deaf and unable to embody faithfulness. And idols still exist today, as many preachers have said, but they just have different names. And so this is a good reminder to us that part of our conversion experience, part of our discipleship is to cast off the idols and to embrace the living and true God, for um, for God to be uh, the very framework of how we live and experience all things. And I love how um, this this you know small church, this struggling church, has been buffeted by suffering. How their reputation exceeded just their city limits, right? I love this uh, verses four and five. That God has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also power with the Holy Spirit with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators, and then verse 7, and you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only to the Macedonians and Achaeans, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Like, isn't that the dream of every church? Like, not to be deemed important, but to have such a vibrant spirituality that people are like, hey man, there's something really going on there. And to like, somehow have your influence and your impression into the world to go far beyond just the immediate people within the community. But there's been handfuls of churches like this, and uh, it should be a prayer that maybe all of us have, not to be, once again, famous and have notoriety, but so that people can be positively impacted for the kingdom. Listen, we've got plenty of ex- examples about the churches like getting in the way of people seeing Jesus. How about we could be a church that actually helps provide a pathway for people to see Jesus? That would be a step in the right direction. And so all in all, First Thessalonians, the letter, starts out with a bang, right? This is a good group of people. They're enduring in their faith. They're steeped in great theology and great church practice. And because of that, their influence is all over the world. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that uh, we can glean from the story of a small church um, in uh, another part of the world that uh, tried to embody faithfulness. They had a careful and considerate pastor, and they had great leaders. And even though they were buffeted by suffering, they trusted in Christ. And so today, God, we think of small churches all over the world with the same issues, those who are surrounded by threats because they are Christian. We simply pray that you would sustain them and teach them how to walk in the way of love, even though uh, they're harassed and helpless in some regard. One thing else, we thank you for this church that their reputation rang out and it was positive and it impacted people and it allowed people to see Jesus more clearly. That's our prayer for us. It's our prayer for the community that we belong to. And so we pray, we pray that you brought your spirit 
and allow people to see Jesus in our midst. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.